Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Watford Buzz, the show where we discuss all things Watford. This evening, it's a panel made up of myself, Matt Messiano, and two football journalists. One needs no introduction to, of course, Tom Bedell. He's back, as always. But, uh, well, the other one hasn't been on the show for a little while, so it's a, a warm welcome back to Adam Newsom. Adam, uh, how, how are you doing these days since you were last on the Buzz? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. got a new job, so covering, well, I say new job, been doing it almost a year now. But, uh, yeah, covering Chelsea now, so, um, so it's, uh, it's good. It's been a good year to cover couple of the clubs and won the Champions League and the Super Cup so yeah all going well thank you excellent you can you can probably tell uh, now exactly why we've got you on Adam um Tom, well, Watford played uh, top of the table Chelsea as you know yesterday and narrowly lost 2-1 but I think you know Watford were unfortunate not to have taken at least a point and, that, and that's from the words of Claudio Ranieri as well post-match would you, would you agree with that Tom? Yeah absolutely I think Ranieri and Tuchel what they kind of said afterwards I wouldn't have disagreed with any of it to be honest Tuchel was very magnanimous about the fact that Chelsea got lucky and hadn't and hadn't recognised the fact that they hadn't played well at all uh, I think that first kind of 12 minutes was fantastic you know we we really got stuck into them we didn't let them settle we didn't give them a moment's peace and it felt at that point like you know it was only going to be a matter of time before we scored obviously there are far more important things than football I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that but um, you know, the unfortunate pause, I think, did Chelsea more favours than Watford. We were good still when we came back off that half an hour break, but it really did kind of break up the momentum that we had, I think, didn't we? Um, but for that first half, there was only one team in it. And it's just a kind of, that if you're being hypercritical, the the lesson to take from it, I suppose, is you've got to take your chances when you're on top or, or create more chances when you're on top because, you know, the second half was a different matter. Uh, Adam, you were part of the, the Thomas Tuchel post-match conference. Um, did you get the feeling that he was rather relieved to come away with all three points? Yeah, extremely so. Um, Tuchel's very good, to be honest. Um, in his sort of assessment of games, he'll, he'll always tell it as it is. He'll never try to sugarcoat a performance if it's not good enough or, or underplay one if uh, Chelsea's done well. So it didn't really surprise me, his comments. Um, he was extremely relieved. He accepted that Chelsea were was several rungs below their, their best and, and that they didn't really deserve to win the game. Um, but then, you know, flip side of it, they deserved to beat Man United at the weekend and then that didn't happen. So, so yeah, 
uh, he gave credit to Watford, said it made uh, said they made it very difficult for, for Chelsea, and it's uh, hard to argue with that uh, summation, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, look, good teams, uh, you know, champions elect teams, you know, they uh, they find a way to win even when they're not playing that well, and and that might be a, a case of yesterday, to be honest, Adam. Yeah, look, honestly, this was probably uh, Chelsea's worst performance under Tuchel. Um, even if the attack hasn't been working that well, the one thing you could never argue against is Chelsea's structure was very solid. The defence uh, was very hard to break down and, and just none of that was there yesterday. Chelsea pressed really badly. They couldn't seemingly complete a pass. Um, there were there were reasons for that. There were quite a few players missing, but then, you know, so, so Watford had that issue as well. Um, so... Yeah, I think Watford really did step up, and it's credit to Claudio Ranieri that he came up with a with a game plan that disrupted an an admittedly sort of makeshift Chelsea side, but um, one that still had in plenty of quality in it, and and more than enough quality to produce a better performance than they did. Mm. Um, Tom, before the match, I was I have to admit I was a bit worried that I would do with both uh, Saar and Dennis out, but thankfully. Dennis was fit enough to start despite coming off against Leicester. And, uh, you know, he managed to continue his impressive start uh, to the to the season, notching another goal, making that six from 13 league starts. Now, Ranieri said about him, you know, he likes him because he always wants to look to run at the goal rather than, you know, shying away from it. And he just doesn't think about it. He just goes straight towards the goal. And, and that's the kind of player he is. Are you... Um, you know, increasingly uh, encouraged by, by by what you're seeing from him. I am, but as I tweeted last night, I'm more and more concerned now, increasingly concerned now that someone uh, will pay a lot of money to take him off our hands next summer, uh, regardless of whether we stay up or go down. Because, you know, he's looking like one of the bargains of the season if he maintains this mm. over the, the course of the season, really. What was it we paid? Kind of three million pounds for a guy that played in the Champions League before um, you know and it shows he's got real tenacity and directness when he's running as you say he's not afraid to run anyone Chelsea obviously have kind of built their success I think it's fair to say on on having a really good defence um, obviously Thiago Silva came on at half time but you know he, was, he would have been going kind of directly up against Antonio Rudiger but he was brilliant, you know. He his goal was just dessert, really, for everything that he'd done up to that point. And and to be honest, his kind of interchanging with Joshua King and with Joao Pedro, I thought caused Chelsea problems. You know, they were all kind of comfortable in different areas, dropping into little pockets, taking it in turns to be the one through the middle, taking it in turns to be the one go wide. You know, particularly Josh King. I know we're talking about Emmanuel Dennis, but Josh King, I thought particularly in the first half, was you know so hard he worked and he. Yeah. ran the channels willingly all day and yeah those three they give me a lot of hope given we know that Ismail Asal is going to be out for a while is Ismail is, is um, Emmanuel Dennis not going to get called up uh, on, if he keeps going like this there seems to be some sort of thing doesn't there where he's not I think the manager who currently is in charge of Nigeria has um, a disliking towards Emmanuel Dennis's attitude which uh, can be seen to be sometimes maybe a bit selfish perhaps at least that's that's what we've heard from from previous um times when he was been at, at club bruges and and also when he was on on loan in in germany uh, was it uh, oh i forget was it it was he was on loan at now was it uh was it dusseldorf or something like that or i'm not going to help you out i've got no idea <laughs> Well, Adam, let me ask you a question while Tom uh, hurriedly looks <laughs> okay. for the answer to that question. Um, what, what's your uh, impression been of, of Watford's 
a forward uh, attacking lineup this this season. Um, I, I quite like the signing of Josh King when that was made. I thought that was a smart piece of business. Um, I know Emmanuel Dennis came with a, a reputation of, of being a good player, but maybe uh, a bit of a difficult character to manage. But um, look, this guy scored twice against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, so he, he's going to have something about him. Um, even though from memory, neither of the two goals were particularly clean strikes. Um, but I think Claudio Ranieri, I've really enjoyed the sort of kamikaze football he's playing with Watford. Um, it's very attack-minded. It's 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 entertaining to watch. You don't really know what scoreline or what the game will end, um, which I guess is a good thing from a supporter perspective. But also, you maybe would want a bit more stability in in the team. You may want them to be able to grind out one nil wins instead of having to win five two. Um, but no, it's it's been good to watch Watford. I have I have enjoyed it when I've had the chance, and obviously I, I Chelsea are the team I cover. Um, but I do uh, obviously have a, a soft spot for from my days at the Watford Observer, and um, and I really do the hope they stay up. Um, partly because yeah, it's an away game that's ten minutes from my house. Was um <laughs> that's always a nice one, isn't it? Uh, was was Ranieri playing in the same sort of style when he was at Chelsea, or has he has he grown since then, or or, or changed in some way? Uh. Look, it was 20 years ago. Um, football's changed a lot in those 20 years. Uh, there's far, far more emphasis on attacking football and keeping the ball on uh, on pressing uh, high up the pitch, which, you know, look back in 2001, 2002, that sort of era, there wasn't that emphasis. But it's easy to forget that Ranieri oversaw the uh, the first Roman Abramovich season. Um, and Chelsea played a lot of good football in that first season, the likes of uh, Ernan Crespo. Um, Jim Freud Hasselbank, Frank Lampard was was starting to develop into the player that, that we sort of knew him as in the Premier League era. So, so yeah, La- Ranieri was was held in in a lot of high regard by Chelsea fans. Um, sort of messed up uh, a Champions League semi final, uh, which didn't do him any favours. But uh, but he's still sort of warmly remembered, I think, by most Chelsea supporters. I think Zola was still there as well, wasn't he? He was one of, uh, obviously was. one of Watford's old managers. He was, yeah. Gianfranco Zola, the, uh, the gentleman and, and the wonderful footballer and the uh, evidently mixed head coach, I would say, given his career. Um, but I've always said there's a little story in Trojini's book about Zola and how he uh, would bet players um, in training at Watford, whether or not he, they could beat him at free kicks. And I don't think anyone ever won this. It was Dini's assessment. So, so yeah, he's still at it, obviously, uh, mm. even as a coach. Absolutely. Um, Tom, since Ranieri has been appointed, the, the expected goals per 90 has gone up by almost half and, and passes per defensive action has decreased from 13.71 to 9.45. So you know, it's a clear indicator that Ranieri's style has, has you know, improved the output from the team. Yeah, I think when we spoke, Jordan, you and I, when we, it was apparent that Ranieri was going to get the job, we, we weren't necessarily expecting this, to be honest. I personally thought he was going to you know, prioritise kind of getting us to be solid and just sit in and, and you know, two banks of four or a four and a five and just make it very hard, very compact to play through us. And it's been, you know, totally the opposite. His his approach to defence is attack. And we, and we saw the perfect embodiment of that last night against one of the best teams in the league and one of the best teams in the con- on the continent, the European champions, albeit weakened by some absences, that, you know, it was a very clear strategy to go out from the first minute until they ran out of puff, which they did, and that was the big turning point in the game, and and get in their faces and press them high and make it absolutely as hard as possible for them to play their natural game. And and for a long time it worked. You know, you saw, you mentioned the passes per defensive action, the amount of times 
we put them under pressure and they were forced into a mistake or we intercepted a, you know, lax pass or whatever it was. You know, Tom Cleverley, Musa Sissoko, those kind of dual pressing kind of eights were unbelievable. They just kind of must have had an oxygen tank on their backs or something that we couldn't see because they were just, they just ran themselves into the ground. And as I say, that was the kind of point at which the game changed, I think, and Chelsea kind of got more control for the first time when we finally started to run out of puff but yeah the the way he has approached things has has really surprised me but there's a coherent plan there's an identity and you feel a lot more confident that even though the you know the points total under him maybe doesn't uh you know scream immediate improvement what is it it's only kind of six points from one two three four five seven games but we know they've obviously been tough tough uh, opponents but the performances have been so, so much better than under Chisco. So, yeah, I feel a lot more confident about staying up now. That, that passes per defensive action, to, to explain it uh, for people listening that don't quite get it, it's basically, it's demonstrating how well a team is pressing, in essence. Is that right, Adam? No, yeah, yeah, it, it does, yeah. Um, and, yeah, you can watch the game and, and look, Chelsea were god-awful, to be honest, uh, uh, building out from the back um, with, without Jorginho in that team, without... N'Gola Kante fit without Mateo Kovacic fit. Chelsea were down to Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who is still adapting to a sort of a deeper role, and and so Miguez, who, um, as harsh as it may sound, is still adapting to football by the looks of it. Um, he has had an absolute torrid time of it in English football since joining from Atletico Madrid. He's started two Premier League games and been hooked at half-time in both, uh, which says a lot about the level of his performance. And he he is really struggling. And and look, Watford. I think Watford sensed that this midfield was there to be get at um, without Jorginho and Kante. They knew they could take advantage of it, and, and they really did. Um, the fact that Reese James and Ben Chilwell were both out as well is another big deal because Chelsea's wing-backs are so important to how they build up attacks. Um, and look, Marcus Alonso's a lot of things, but he's not very mobile and he's not very quick, um, and he's not very good in his right foot, so he's very limited when receiving possession. Um and Cesar Azpilicueta is 32 and has played 650-odd games. And, and it looks it now. He, you can see it in his legs. He can't play wing-back. So the sort of circumstances were there for Watford to press very high um, and to press quite relentlessly. And, and they were very good at it and they, they were able to take advantage. Um, it's just a shame from a Watford perspective, obviously, that look, the, I, I like Craig Cathcart. I have done ever since I covered the club seven, eight years ago. But I'm not sure he should probably still be a regular starter if uh, at all. Um, and and Trista Kong is, isn't someone I necessarily trust. Having seen him a few occasions, you guys will obviously know better than me how reliable he is. Um, and I think ultimately that that mm. was what cost Watford because Chelsea created basically three good chances and scored two of them, um, whereas Watford didn't have that same uh, instinct probably because Chelsea's defence, even though um, they were very, very ramshackle in the first half, I really thought the introduction of Thiago Silva helped settle them because he is a class actor and he's a leader and an organiser and he managed to pull people into a position a bit more. Um, and Chelsea did go more direct because of the press in the second half. Tuchel basically said they wanted to do the basics again, um, which was going longer and, and evading that press. Did you, did you see any improvement at all, Tom, from, from Watford's defence after the, the difficulties they had against Leicester? I mean, on the face of it, in the most basic sense, yeah, of course, when he conceded two goals and they didn't have that many chances, Chelsea. In fact, to be honest with you, um, 
I think back to Backman push one over. Uh, oh no, sorry, there was the goal that was disallowed, wasn't there for offside, and Mason Mount smashed one mm. against the post. I obviously I'm biased. I can't, yeah, I can't really remember anything else that was a, a serious chance of note. That's about it, yeah. But that was probably as much as anything because the defence wasn't tested for for kind of long periods. I still think the goals were pretty soft, if we're honest. Um, you know, the first one, Marcus Lonzo could have cut it back to kind of two or three or maybe even four players. I can't quite remember, but, you know, by the time it made it to Mason Mount, they were kind of queuing up to score, weren't they? And the second one wasn't quite that bad, but it was kind of indicative. It felt very easy, didn't it? They kind of got in down that um, left-hand side again and, and cut it back, and, and Ziyech was there to to put home a pretty easy finish for someone of his ability. And it, it just felt like if you only saw those goals, you'd think it was a game where they'd been head and shoulders above Watford and and really just turned it on when they needed to. And obviously we know we worked them a lot harder than that, but I think it's a reminder of the gulf between, yes, the top of the Premier League, but the rest of the Premier League as well and uh, our kind of defensive players, you know, to the, the, the inability again to get tight or pick up runners and men in the box after the Leicester game for all the positives, that is the thing that's costing us at the moment. And, you know, no clean sheet in 24 games in the Premier League it is now. Um, that just has to has to improve because you can only rely on the, the top end of the team bailing you out so often. And, uh, you know, the margins in the Premier League, as we well know, are so fine. Uh, we, we've got to we've got to cut out the the silly errors and the and the soft things. So no, we weren't overrun, but I just think it was that was probably indicative of how well Chelsea or otherwise Chelsea yeah. played. Uh, Adam, you mentioned earlier a couple of players that were out for Chelsea for for that game yesterday, and, and Watford had several out themselves, and they've got another one out as well now in in left back Adam Messina, who unfortunately like he uh, had to be withdrawn due to another thigh complaint, something that he's had previously in his career, and it. It's been kind of said by uh, Ranieri himself that he could be out for a long time. Uh, it's going to require an MRI scan. Danny Rose came on. Um, Tom, it's it's another problem area for Watford that they're just going to have to deal with because they're, they're short on players in that area. Yeah, I was surprised that Messina made it, obviously, given the uh, the pre-game injury update, which didn't didn't look good. I was fully expecting that perhaps Feminier would be at left-back or Ngaki would be at left-back with the other one on the right. Um I suspect, given how brittle he was in in the sense of it took one wallop and it was a wallop to to get him uh, to finish him off for the night, that it was probably an element of strapping him up, injecting him, whatever, giving him painkillers, saying get out there and see what you can give us. Um, Danny Rose came on and did very well, I thought, up until and I think that's the longest I've seen. I think every game I've been to Messina has started, so that's the most I've seen of him in in person. I thought he was really good and. and Perhaps it was the fact that he had a good kind of almost best part of half an hour to warm up um, while the game was paused. He he looked really sharp. You know, he was getting up high like like the others really, and, and really not letting Chelsea do anything down that side. Won a few won a few loose balls and aerial duels and what have you, and also had a really good chance to score, really decent chance to score that uh, they, they uh, Edouard Mindy did did well to save. But yeah, to lose him as well, it's uh, not so. So to lose Messina is not ideal, but Danny Rose's performance gives me some cause for optimism going forwards. Uh, but yes, you would think it's an area that we may look to do something in if Messina's going to miss the best part of the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, they do have the, the 20-year-old James Morris, but they, 
they need to look for some more experienced, I think, to come in there and who, who can slot in straight away. I just, I'm not sure if looking at youth is really going to be the option right now in such an important season to try and, you know, stay in the Premier League ultimately, which is, you know, that's got to be the goal this this year. And, it, and you know, there's so much riding on it. I mean, Watford's injury crisis is so bad that Ranieri had to use Jeremy and Gakia as, as a makeshift central midfielder yesterday. I'm not sure if that worked out quite the way he was hoping, but I mean, you know, means must, basically. That was really weird. He had two actual central midfielders on the bench in Tufan and Gosling. I didn't, there must have been a specific thing that he thought Ngakia was going to do, which I assume was just run around like a maniac because he's got loads of energy. But <laughs> I, I didn't understand that. And if I was, I mean, I don't think Dan Gosling's a Premier League player and I, don't, I haven't seen enough of Tufan to say I know what he is yet. And we've kind of discussed his um, varying roles. His, you know, seems to be playing assorted roles and he comes into the side. But yeah, I thought that was really, really strange substitution. I'd I'd love to have been in the press conference just to ask that, I think. Mm. At half-time yesterday, uh, it was quite nice and special for for a lot of Watford fans. They got to say a, a proper goodbye to, to Troy Deeney and he came out to, to speak to the fans and, and, you know, I think probably also hoping to sell uh, a few copies of his autobiography, which he was signing beforehand. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that he said was that... Uh, you know, he's enjoying his new role at Birmingham, playing for them. And of course, that's the club that he supported when he was a boy. But uh, he said he said that was good, but it wasn't home. Vicarage Road is home. Uh, and that, that one, uh, that one, Adam, really got me in the feels, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, uh, I wasn't expecting um, Dean there, to be honest. I, I hadn't heard that. And so I was uh, pleasantly surprised to, to hear from him. Um I'm going to steal a line that Tom said to me in our WhatsApp after the game. Troy knows how to hold an audience. Um, his uh, his halftime comments were particularly uh, amusing. Uh, dropped in a swear word, as uh, <laughs> Troy Dean does. Um, called himself fat, which I was going to s- probably wouldn't you know ingratiate himself great to the Birmingham City supporters or the coach, given you know he's a professional footballer. Um, but no, look, it's, he's, uh, he's a big personality. He's been an important, important player, uh, in Watford's recent history under the Pozzos. Um, his, uh, his influence was huge. His, his impact was, was just as big for, for a lot of seasons. I know it's all dropped off a little bit in, in the last couple of years with injuries and, and sort of the step up of the Premier League and his, his age. But, yeah, it was good that he got to come back. It was good that he got to say a proper goodbye because obviously his last season was pretty much played out without um, supporters in the stadium at all. So, yeah, so yeah, a nice, a nice moment. He was at the club, uh, you know, for, for quite a long time. And you know, you, you you were probably covering the club whilst um, yeah, whilst whilst he was there. Did you get ever get a chance to you know to hear him talk uh, live or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I spoke to him quite a few times. Dean and Adam are friends, are they? Oh, well, okay. What's what's going on here? Um, no, we are friends. <laughs> no, it was just the uh, first Premier League season. He uh, he wanted to know uh, why there had been a couple of stories about him having not scored yet uh, before he got his first at Stoke. Um, but no, he's a uh, we are, we actually had quite a good relationship for the most part. We spoke a, a fair amount. We did a few interviews, and uh, he, he was always uh, as you know, like anyone who knows Dean, he's always willing to have a joke with you. So um, so yeah, we had quite a good relationship. But there was just a a question at one point as to why. Uh, as to why people kept asking Kike Sanchez Flores about Dini not scoring in the Premier League, and he wanted to just ask why the stories kept coming. Um, right, 
Manchester City up next, the team that um, probably every Watford fan has hated playing since uh, the late 80s. Uh, never beaten them in the Premier League. Uh, the last time we, we actually took a point off City was way back in 2007. Uh, and that City team looked very different <laughs> compared to the one they've got today. Uh, can Watford get over the hoodoo? Can they Can they get over it, Tom? And can they actually get some points? Or is it just a case of hoping that uh, that we don't concede six this time. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to Tom's comments on this. <laughs> I mean, it's just hope, isn't it? Uh, most of the other teams in this league, even the big teams, the Chelsea's, you can make a case of saying we'll have a good day like we did against United. You know, I think we've beaten everyone now if we are the big boys yeah, except yeah, pretty much. City in the, in the Pozzo era we've come up and beaten everybody I think that's yeah, right yeah, isn't yeah. it um, you know City we haven't even landed a punch on we haven't even landed a single <laughs> pathetic feeble I don't think you've even blow, to the ring we? yet have you yeah exactly <laughs> um, I don't have high expectations and I don't imagine that going at them like we did against Chelsea is going to end well for us. So it might take a bit of a readjustment. However, I don't think sitting there passively and letting them pass you to death and then just pop it through the gap that will inevitably open up for them at some point, probably several, is the strategy either. So I don't envy Claudio or any other manager of a team of of meagre resources that comes up against City. Uh We'll just sit there and kind of look look through uh, look through the gaps in our fingers and try and grin and bear it. I think. <laughs> Adam, what do you reckon? We got any chance? Um, no, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it's fair enough. That's fair enough. I I saw City live at Stamford Bridge um, earlier this season. They won one nil um, against Chelsea, but they honestly dominated Chelsea um, in a fashion uh, that Chelsea hadn't been dominated. Uh, undertook all like that um they were fantastic and if look if, if city are absolutely on it i don't think there's a team in the country better than them they can cut you open in so many different ways they can they can score so many different types of goals against you so um look strange results do happen in football um but given the injuries watford have given the format city uh are in um some of the sort of football they're playing at the moment is fantastic and you know, i think just only had to look at Bernardo Silva goal yesterday against Villa was was fantastic. Um, look, do you think it's going to be between City, Liverpool, and and Chelsea for the for the, for the title, or do you think Man United can can get in there, or Arsenal, or any no, of the no, other big no, ones? I think Leicester? it's the three that are, I've, I've, I'm I'm he- a little bit hesitant on Chelsea just because of the injuries now. Um, against Watford last night, sort of James James Jorginho, Kante, Chilwell all out. Those were the four that sort of started in midfield. Um, if you include the wing-backs as, as midfielders like Tuffy does. Um, they're the four that started in midfield against Juventus a week ago and, and Chelsea dismantled Juventus but you take those four out and, and suddenly this Chelsea side are pretty ordinary. Um, so I think it will be between the three. Um, my money would probably still just about be on Man City at the moment but uh, but yeah, I, that's what I mean. I think it's going to be so hard for, for Watford especially given their injuries to, to really hurt City just because they've got so much quality across the pitch and, and play such a, a style of football that makes it very difficult for teams without sort of top level players to, to lay a glove on them like Tom said um, maybe watch the Champions League final 
because Chelsea managed to do it then. Um, <laughs> you slipped that in. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Tom, do you want to come back at that? Well, no, he's right. In fairness, the only the only difference is that they've got far far better players than us. Adam, you had a good chance to look at Watford yesterday, of course, and and you know we're talking about season expectations now. I mean, do you reckon from what you saw yesterday that Watford have, have got enough to stay up? Yeah, I think in, in the final third, definitely. I think there's uh, enough quality there and enough goals, even without Ismail Assar, who you know. I'm speaking to people at the club yesterday. Obviously, the hope is he'll be back uh, in January, but there's no guarantee about what happens uh, beyond that. If if the the injury hasn't healed too far, uh, too far uh, from that point, so um, I think they should start. I think maybe the January window will be quite important, as we've spoken about. You, if you can bring in a, a top quality, maybe not top quality because they cost a lot of money, but um, a Premier League centre back or two. Um, Maybe that gives Watford a far stronger base from which to, to really push on. Um, Ranieri has, has used the market well before. I think he signed, uh, Robert, was it Robert Hooth he signed when he was at Leicester? Um, to help them out. Or maybe I'm, I'm doing someone else a disservice there. But, uh, but, um, I think there is enough quality in, in this team if, if you can probably bring in a centre back or two in January and, and just give that stronger base. Watford often rely on, um, on on loan signings, particularly uh, in in January. I wonder, uh, is there anyone on Chelsea's books that, uh, that you think might be uh, might be useful? <laughs> um, Malang stars around, uh, who is a strange player, um, but has played all right in Premier League. So maybe because uh, Chelsea do want to get an art loan, uh, so could look at that. But I'm not sure he is a guarantee or anything. Um, to be honest, in the Premier League, because I think he's only played, I think it's once actually against Brentford. And Chelsea did keep a clean sheet in that, but he was a bit all over the place. All right, then, good stuff, guys. Thanks for, for chatting to me in this shortened uh, version of the Watford buzz. Um, I suppose in other news, uh, Elton John has, uh, has, has said that he's going to be obviously performing at Vicarage Road and tickets went on sale for, for Watford fans uh, recently. Uh, it was. Um, there was a, there was a lot of disappointment, I suppose, that the, the, the tickets were were priced so high. But that's kind of the, the standard stadium prices that you have to expect these days, isn't it? The, the likes of Elton John prices were around uh, between forty five and, and two hundred pounds. They were not cheap. I bought I bought two this morning because my wife really wants to see them before he retires. So um, oh, nice. Yeah, they were not cheap, and I said that. Should have said I could have got you some probably cheaper yesterday. Oh, I, I didn't. I genuinely didn't realise uh, that he was doing this until it was promoted at the ground, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's a thing." Um, my wife will probably like this because we've been talking about going to see him, and given it's his, I'm retiring tour until I probably come back in five or six years <laughs> and do another tour. Um, we thought we would we'd get in, but uh, but yeah, not not cheap. The fact that we don't have to pay for travel and dinner anyway is probably easier than to get an Uber and be there in 10 minutes and be owned by decent time. Tom, are you going? I'm not, but I just don't care about live music. Tom doesn't like music. <laughs> Tom. Yeah, I just don't. I just, honestly, I like Elton John a lot, but I just I just don't get it. I just, I just, what would you do? Just go and stand there. Like, what's the point? There you go. Knew it. <laughs> yeah, that's so how bought, that's how concerts work. I bought some for my mum, but I, yeah, to, to the price. Given that when you go in, the cheapest price is about three hundred quid, unless you've got a code to unlock the 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 Watford tickets, as it were, yesterday. I didn't think it was unreasonable. So 
yes, I hope everyone going has a great time. I did not pay. I didn't pay three hundred quid. Jesus Christ! Good, I'm glad. No, I didn't pay that. My God! I mean, that that is that is quite extreme. I'd I'd I'd, I'd hope for some kind of caviar or, or champagne along with my along with my ticket if I had to pay three hundred. <laughs> I think my uh, our tickets appear to be right next to the uh, executive box in the uh, upper ground tower, so maybe I'll sneak in and try and blag some decent food. Oh. Oh, look at that. Very nice. Very nice. I'm not in the executive box. <laughs> I'm next to it. That's close enough. So, you know. So you can smell it. Have... You can smell it. Well, yeah, I might just do a hit and run or something. Oh, well, I managed to grab a couple as well. So uh, I'll, I'll be there on the uh, the Monday. Looking forward to it. It's going to be. Yeah, that's when I'm there. Oh, well. nice. Oh, we can, maybe you can get a, a pre match. Free, a free, free thing beer. Free, <laughs> free match. Free match beer. See what he does. I, I, hope, I hope you win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should be good. Should be good. I hope, uh, in a way, I hope that he actually does stay retired because then I'll be like, "Well, it was worth the money because you're not doing anything else." <laughs> if, he come, if, if he comes back in a few years, I'll be livid. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I mean, um, I- I'm looking forward to it anyway, and um, I think it's going to be a good one. So um, hopefully, those of you that wanted to get your tickets could get them, and uh, you're going to be alongside us uh, on uh, in June, I think. Right, well, thanks again, guys, for joining me. Um, We'll be next back um, after the Manchester City game, hopefully talking about a positive result. And I think, you know, these days, a positive result against City might even be, uh, you know, a 2-0 loss. (laughs) Um, I've got my fingers crossed for at least a draw because Watford's performances, I think, have deserved uh, more points than we've got over the last few games. Um, So thanks again to yourself, Tom. Um, Hopefully we'll see you in the next one. Cheers, guys. Nice to speak to you, Adam. Uh, Adam, thanks very much for, for popping in and, and giving us a bit of from the from the Chelsea side of things as well. No worries, thanks for having me back on. And, uh, and goodbye from me. Goodbye, everyone. Hold up. 